Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Petropolis, and it is just me, myself, and I today. Jason is out there living it in Madrid, living it up. It is about, let's see, it's a six-hour difference. It was about 2.30 a.m. there. So he is either partying like a madman or sleeping like an old man. Who knows? Uh, it's just So it's just me today talking some baseball. Gonna go through some trade deadline targets, some buys and sells for you, and a few waiver wire players to target. So uh, bear with me here. It's just me. So let's get started right away. No Johnny intro music because I am home and not in the studio. So if this is a bit lower quality, I apologize for that. But let's get started. My first buy heading into the second half, or second half started, heading into the majority of the second half of the year, is, and this isn't Homer Michael talking, alright? It's Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto, over the last two weeks, 29 at-bats. He's batting 345 with a 1.149 OPS, 8 runs, 3 home runs, 9 RBIs, and what I think is the best part, Five walks to three strikeouts during that time. Michael Conforto had a shoulder injury when he came coming into this year. He only ended up missing about three games to start the season, which was extraordinary for the injury that he was dealing with. He came back really quick, and it looks like it was a bad move on the Mets' part, which what are the odds the Mets are always messing up anyways because he was absolutely dreadful in the first half of the year. But... I would not rule out a big second half for Michael Conforto if the lengthy rust from the shoulder injury is finally wearing off. Because do not forget, last year he was an all-star with 27 home runs and only 373 at-bats. That is a 40-plus home run uh, pace if he were to play the whole season. So keep Michael Conforto on your radar. He is only 30-something percent owned on Yahoo!, so keep him on your radar. Moving on to Brian Dozier. You cannot. I'll I'll test you guys because if you do find someone, hit me up on Twitter. But you cannot find a more mercurial hitter than Brian Dozier in baseball from the first half to the, first half to the second half. It's basically night and day with this guy, except his night is average and his day is spectacular. So he's not bad and good. He's average and spectacular, which is why he's been a second or third round pick value over the last three years so let me just get straight into it in his first half Brian Dozier hit 246 he had 14 home runs 43 RBIs and a 786 OPS that's the first half of 2015 in the second half Brian Dozier hit 291 28 home runs 56 RBIs and a 990 OPS that totaled out to 42 home runs on the year. 28 home runs after the All-Star break, All-Star break is absolutely insane. That's what Brian Dozier did, and that's when his well, that's when he cemented himself as a star in the league. Back to last year, 2016. First half of the year, he batted 242. He had 13 home runs, 41 RBIs, 745 OPS. Eerily similar to his 2015 stats. It's a little ridiculous how close they are. Second half, he batted 304, over 300, over 60-point difference. 21 home runs, 52 RBIs, and a 985 OPS. Totaled 34 home runs on the season, almost 100 RBIs again. And 
and once again cemented himself as a third, fourth-round pick in fantasy drafts. This year, his counting stats are a little bit up, so maybe you could try to uh, say that could harm him a little bit going into the second half, but if he's able to sustain the pace he's currently going at, that's a good thing. So in the first half of 2017, he's batted 230, the lowest of any of these samples, 16 home runs, which is the highest of any of these samples, and 50 RBIs, which is also the highest, despite a 716 OPS. So it's interesting here, because his OPS is the lowest of all these samples, yet he's hit the most home runs and has the most RBIs. So it's going to be interesting to see how this second half uh, turns out. But definitely someone I'd buy into if you could get him for cheap. Um, He is swinging less this year. He's swinging at pitches in the strike zone less, so he's making... He's making worse contact, and he uh, he's just looking at strikes more often. So those are a little worrisome to say that maybe he won't have as huge second half as he has had in the last two years. But I'm not super worried about that. He's a solid player for a few years now, so I think he'll bounce back. He's ranked 376th in Yahoo at the moment. So he's definitely someone, whoever has him has been completely frustrated with him. So target him. And back to my Conforto real quick, 37% owned in Yahoo leagues. So definitely someone still available in some leagues or riding the bench in others. So keep an eye out for that. My final sell, my final buy, excuse me, going into the second half stretch is Vince Velasquez. Had to get a picture in here. Vince Velasquez is someone I've been talking about the last couple of months and he's making me look pretty damn good. In his last 22 innings pitched, Velasquez is 2-1, has a 1.23 ERA, has a .86 whip, and three quality starts in that time span. These quality starts have been against the Padres, meh, the Mets, meh, and the Yankees. Oh, yeah. So he dominated two teams that he should dominate. You, got, you could say, oh, it's the Padres and Mets, but he dominated them. And he's supposed to be, great pitchers are supposed to be dominating the worst teams. And then... The Yankees. He worked the Yankees, and that is something that is great to see because they have one of the best lineups in all of baseball. Why is Velasquez producing such great numbers recently? Well, Velasquez is back to striking out hitters. He's inducing 10.3 Ks per nine, which is two more than last year in his injury-riddled and just forgettable season for everyone involved. And his walks per nine are down a full walk from last year. His home runs per nine are significantly down, and despite a 4.05 ERA, which in itself is not terrible, it's a solid ERA, but his FIP and his XFIP are 367 and 380 respectively, which points towards even better times down the road if you're a Velasquez owner. Furthermore, Vince Velasquez is pitching more effectively because he's locating his pitches around the edge of the strike zone rather than just throwing it hard down the middle every time which is what power pitchers have basically been taught to do. Just throw it as hard as you can. Velasquez has not changed his velocity. He has not changed his pitchers, pitches. Excuse me. He's just throwing the ball with location, as great pitchers do, and it has turned him into a, a much better pitcher than he has been in the past. And remember, Vince Velasquez was a key cog in that trade with Houston, and now 
he's showing off what he could do with the Phillies. And uh, so we got Michael Conforto, Brian Dozier, and Vince Velasquez as my three buys heading into the second half stretch. And I just have to, I have to give an honorable mention to my man Jesse Winker, who I've been shouting out for uh, weeks now, and months basically, on Brodo. He's only 33% owned still. Guys, you're better than that. So, shout out to Dark Boyd on this one. Uh, someone I follow on Twitter. Five hitters so far this year meet these requirements. Don't look too much into the 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 words I'm about to say because it's just a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. But I just want you to realize what company he's in. His walks per K is greater than one. His O swing is less than 25. His O swing percentage. His Z contact percentage is greater than 90. And his hard hit percentage is greater than 40%. The other four hitters that have those requirements are Alex Bregman, Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, and Mike Trout. And then you got Jesse Winker, who has just been great in the last month or so. This... The reason he's an honorable mention and not a significant buy for me here is that he did hurt his shoulder. He is possibly headed to the 10-day DL, which would be a big loss for Cincinnati and uh, fantasy owners who have been reaping the rewards of owning Winker. So keep that in mind. Don't trade for Winker if he's about to hit the DL, unless you could get him for free or off the waiver wire since he's only 33% owned. Jeez. Come on, folks. So those are my three buys. Moving on to my three sells. Two of these players are very similar. Three of these players, all three of these players, are players I were low on going into the year. So, here we go. I'm starting this off with Jake Arietta, another Phillies starter. So, Arietta has been basically consistently mediocre this whole year. And in all honesty... I would prefer to take the upside chance on Vince Velasquez at this point in the season if I had the option, which might seem a little crazy to say because of their ownership percentage and their stats so far in the year. But Vince Velasquez is someone with a lot more upside and who I think is going to end up being a better pitcher than Arietta the rest of the year. Arietta's Ks per nine are at an, an abysmal 6.26, which is easily a career low for Arietta. His walks are slightly up from last year. His FIP and XFIP are both over 4, despite his ERA being sitting at 3.47. So underneath the surface, that ERA is not as nice as it might seem. He's also sporting a much lower home run per 9 compared to last year, which you could say is a good thing. He's not giving up as many home runs, but that scares me even more because he's more than likely to regress to the mean pitching in Hitters Haven Citizens Bank Park. And he just... If you're not going to strike anyone out and you're going to keep giving up hits, you're more than likely to run into a bad stretch of home runs. And Jake Arrieta is someone I'm not interested in the rest of the year. My next baseball rankings, he's going to be pretty darn low, even lower than he already is because I am low on Jake Arrieta. So look out for that. Uh, Again, I would trade Jake Arrieta for Vince Velasquez. That's something I would do right now. John Lester of the Chicago Cubs. John Lester is basically Jake Arrieta, which is a little crazy how similar they've been this year. Lester's ERA, excuse me, Lester's K per nine are at 6.99. 
easily his career worst, just like Arietta. And his FIP and XFIP blow his ERA out of the water even more than Arietta's did. So John Lester has a 3-1-4 ERA. That's that's a semi-elite ERA. That's a great elite to own. Great, excuse me, great ERA to own. But then, his FIP is 4-6-7, and his XFIP sits at 4-7-5. So John Lester is out here just getting luckier and luckier every start. He got rocked to start the second half. I expect a lot more of that to happen. As long as he's not striking out hitters, which he's not, and giving up hits, which I expect him to do more often than he currently is, he's not someone I want to own. Despite the one good thing about John Lester is his situation and circumstance. He's on the Chicago Cubs. Congrats. He's going to get you some wins, more than likely. But I am not betting on the rest of the counting stats to be there, especially heading into the playoffs and the stretch of the second half for teams looking to get into the fantasy baseball playoffs. John Lester is definitely someone on my sell-high list. Again, someone I'd rather have is Vince Velasquez. I'm very high on Vince Velasquez, but I'm pretty sure you could get someone like Alex Wood who's been underperforming. I'd rather have Alex Wood than John Lester. If you could get someone like uh, Mike... Not, uh, hmm. I don't know, maybe package Jake Arrieta with someone else to get Brian Dozier if you need hitting. Something like that. So Jake Arrieta and John Lester are the two pitchers on the sell side of my buy and sell. And my hitter, my final sell, is Ian Desmond. Ian Desmond is someone I've pretty much been talking down about the whole year because his stats make absolutely zero sense, folks. Stay with me, all right? Ian Desmond has managed 19 home runs this year and 12 stolen bases. But he's been atrocious. Ian Desmond leads the major leagues in ground ball rate. His ground ball rate sits at 62.8% on the year. More than 60% of his hits are ground balls, yet he has 19 home runs. His, he has a career-high .220 ISO. ISO, we've talked about on the podcast before. It It's like a power level. So, uh, .22 ISO is fairly elite. Except, he's hitting the ball on the ground 63% of the time. It makes no sense. Shout out to uh, Fantasy Pros for this information here, alright? Saw this on their site, and I had to share it. Home run to fly ball ratio for Ian Desmond, as you could probably predict, is ridiculously high if he's hitting 63% ground balls, yet he still has 19 home runs and hitting the ball with a lot of power. He has a 37.5 home run to fly ball ratio. 37.5. That means 37 out of 100 at-bats, or if you want to round up, 38 out of every 100 fly balls or home runs which is unsustainable. Four players have ended a season with a home run to fly ball ratio that's been greater than 34%. And every single one of those players has hit over 50 home runs. 5-0. 50. And all of those players have been way better than Ian Desmond in their respective years. 
Ryan Howard was one of them when he won his MVP back in 06 or 07. One of those years, I think 07. Desmond has a home run to fly ball ratio greater than 34%, yet he's on pace to not even reach 30 home runs on the year. What he's doing now is absolutely unsustainable, and you, you'll you probably be able to push Coors Field onto someone, and the category juice that he's providing now, 19 home runs and 12 stolen bases, is nice category juice to have, but he's already killing you in our average, he's already killing you in OBP or OPS if you're in those leagues, he's literally doing nothing but getting a home run and stolen base here and there. He's it's what he's doing is completely unsustainable. He's probably my biggest sell. Well, Lester Arietta and Desmond are all my biggest sells. I do not want any piece of those guys heading into the final stretch. So those are my three buys and three sells. I'm also gonna go over four waiver wire players with you real quick because why not? I'm always hitting you with the waiver wire, so I might as well keep giving you the waiver wire. First off, Jesse Winker, 33% owned. I already discussed him a little bit here, but just have to clarify to go pick up Jesse Winker if he's available. Batting 408 over the last month with OPS over 1, 2 on 1, 17 RBIs, 12 walks to 10 Ks, more walks than Ks. I already told you he's in the same discussion in as players like Alex Bregman, Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, and Mike Trout. Go pick up Jesse Winker. Hopefully his shoulder injury is not bad and he stays off the DL. If not, he gets dropped. Stash him. Next up, closer leagues. Kirby Yates. Kirby Yates has been an absolute stud so far this year. And now that Brad Hand is gone, he is the absolute closer for the San Diego Padres. 38 and two-thirds innings. On the year with 50 Ks, an ERA of 1-4, a whip of .85. He's been he's been shut down. Uh, he got the save last game against the Mets. What are the odds? Because the Mets lose a lot. Struck out two in that inning in a perfect inning. The San Diego closer role is not a pristine closer role, but he will get you saves. And he will be there when you need him to get some Ks per inning if you if you're in one of those leagues too. So uh, go pick up Kirby Yates if you need a closer. It's tough to find closers on the waiver wire this time of the year, so go do that. Uh, another guy I'm going to shout out is Jonathan Scope. His percentage is at 74%. He was uh, I put him in the waiver wire section because he's still uh, not super high owned, but he's also a buy low candidate here, so I could add him to... Conforto, Dozier, and Vince Velasquez. Over the last two weeks, he's batting 310 with a 945 OPS, four home runs, and eight RBIs. This is, remember, a very, very, very slow first half by Jonathan Scope, but he was coming into the season with huge uh, projections because of his season last year, where he had 32 home runs, had 105 RBIs, batted 293, a real breakout season for Scope. So, crazier things can happen than Brian Scope becoming a solid player again. So Jonathan Scope is definitely someone I'm targeting as well. And lastly, my main man, someone I was a big fan of coming into the year, and he's just been a solid player, Yonder Alonso. Yonder Alonso just keeps hitting the ball, 
getting the home run here and there, not caring too much, getting on base. And uh, he's owned in only 32% of leagues. 256 average on the season, 771 OPS, 15 home runs, 56 RBIs. This guy's on pace to go 23-ish and 90, batting over 250 with an OPS close to 800. And yet, he's only 32% owned. He's in a high-powered offense with great pitchers there in Cleveland. So, Yonder Alonso is definitely someone I'm looking at. And that's all, folks. It was just me, Michael, today. Uh, like I said, Jason's out in Madrid, so show him some love. I went to Spain. I went to Barcelona and Madrid last year. It was absolutely beautiful. So if any of you guys are looking for a vacation, go do that. Barcelona is one of the best places on earth. Um, at Brodo Fantasy is the Twitter. At Mike underscore Patrop is yours truly speaking to you right now. At Tim Patrop is Timmy. At Jason Patrop is Jason. At Veterans Minimum. At SCJ Pod. At Santagato Studios. At Degeneration Bet. At Veterans Minimum. I already said that. I can't cut this out, though, so I'm just going to keep talking. Make believe I didn't repeat that twice. Thanks for listening to this little uh, short trade deadline stint for you guys. Check out our football pods. Just released a mock draft from the sixth spot. Our baseball rankings will be coming out again soon. Our updated baseball rankings, if you need help during that time, before the updated baseball rankings, just give us a holler on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. See ya.